everybody. My name is Therese Paler. This is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, it is what it is. Now, here are your hosts, show, Vern, and Yahoo NFL writer, Therese Paler. We are live from Southside Bar and Grill, 103rd and State Line. Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports joins us this week over the phone as he is a world traveler. Since that jump to Yahoo Sports, you don't know which stadium you're catching him at. Therese Paler joining us right now here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Therese, we're uh, really excited to be a part of this and excited for week one, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm excited to be a part of the team, host the show on 610 Sports with you, with show. Um, glad everybody's listening. I'm ready to go. Let's go. All right, let's jump right into it. Patrick Mahomes is someone that we all had high expectations for, but yesterday's game, a real game, unlike the Broncos game last season in Week 17, yesterday's game actually mattered. Did he meet or did he exceed your expectations? Four touchdowns, not a single pick. He exceeded my expectations. And remember, my expectations are high. Proud to say a year ago, Patrick Mahomes was on my all-juice team. Which you guys already know by now, my favorite players in the NFL draft. I picked him over Deshaun Watson in a late upset. Cause I, the more I talked to that guy and the more I talked to people about him around the league, the more I came to believe in his talent. And yesterday, you guys saw why. There were at least three or four throws yesterday where fans should have just been like, oh my God, this is awesome. The Anthony Sherman throw, flat footed down the sideline. Probably wouldn't have been a check down in the past. No. A gun to the fullback downfield. That opens up the defense. Multiple other flat-footed throws he threw from various angles to get the ball out quick. Even the way he – even the heat with which he delivers the ball on screens is different, right? And it, it's good because the faster you get the ball to receivers, the faster they can get upfield. And those little fractions of a second matters in the NFL. And the last thing I'll point out, his first touchdown throw to Tyreek Hill, where he changed his arm angle – and didn't even step in his throat just to get it to tie faster. That's why Ty was able to accelerate while everyone else seemed like they were in quicksand. It was an outstanding performance, even better than someone who, who like me as a Patrick Mahomes fan, could have expected. Yeah, for me, the, the, the best throw of the day was third down and 13 in the third quarter, and it was still a relatively close game, and that secondary was looking like they were leaking oil for the Chiefs, which we'll get to. And he rolls out. And in the past, as you said, it would have been a check down to Sherman. I know for a fact in my heart this would have been a rush by Alex Smith. But he goes <laughs> unbalanced and throws a dart to Tyreek Hill that yeah. luckily for him, if he was on balance, I believe Tyreek would have caught it and taken it the distance if he could have caught it standing up. That, to me, was the, the most impressive throw for me. And overall for me, Therese, was just how he handled himself. He, he looked more to me like you – like Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz in their first starts than he did like Jared Goff or Matt Chakrisky or Mitch, whatever Mitch's name is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's not even close. And and let me tell you something that should make you feel good as a Chiefs fan. You guys know I had a chance to go to Chicago um, for the preseason. Caught up with Matt Nagy, caught up with some other members of the Bears. Um, The Bears really like Mitch Trubisky, right? They really like him. He reminds me more of Alex Smith, right? Um, And here's why. He's really athletic. He's got a good arm. He really looks the part. But he's kind of a paint-by-numbers guy. And I actually mentioned this on the Yahoo NFL podcast, which we dropped today. Um, like, 
he's a paint-by-numbers guy, which means that he likes to go through his progressions as a coach draw up and do what he's told, which is great if you have a good play caller, which the Bears do. But when you marry a good play caller with somebody that can color outside the line, like Mahomes, that makes you really, really difficult to guard. You, do you guys remember the one play in the second half where Mahomes, he, he had a completion downfield, and maybe that was the same one you were talking about, show, where right after the play, Derwin James just throws his arms up. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Remember, Brad Roby did the same thing in Week 17 against the Broncos last year, right? So when you do that, it frustrates defenses and makes you unguardable, man. Like, this is a really positive first step for Patrick Mahomes. What did yesterday's game do for the national awareness of Tyreek Hill and how did teams adjust moving forward? Good question. Um, Listen, if you didn't know, now you know. I I told people three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Tyreek Hill is going to be the number one receiver in this offense. You can just tell in the preseason. Like Patrick Mahomes likes to throw downfield. Tyreek Hill is an elite downfield weapon. Like, this guy's going to be really difficult to guard. No one can run with him. And they have a symbiotic relationship. They've, they've already got a great connection, right? And he actually looks faster this year, if that's possible. Maybe I'm crazy. But he actually looks faster to me. Um, and maybe that's just because he's tightened up his route running, and now like he's just exploding out of breaks and no one can stay with him. Like, make no mistake, just being honest, like that's superstar-type stuff. Like, what you saw yesterday was, like, Antonio Brown-type stuff. He's got a long way to go before he can have that kind of resume, before he can, like, really, you know, to be fair, even be mentioned in the same, like, line. But he could potentially have a season like that. He is that talented. His quarterback likes him that much. And most importantly, his play caller uh, is that good. So I think, it's, I think it went a long way. And, and I'm glad that I told people a, a, a month ago Hey, draft Tyreek Hill. You want Tyreek Hill this season, just like you want Pat Mahomes. Because if Pat Mahomes has a big year, you better believe Ty Hill's getting a thousand and maybe even approaching double digit touchdowns. Uh, listen, Therese, I I have for the last fourteen hours tried to to control myself with this, but he <laughs> looks he looks he looks more. I've not seen anybody affect this game. In the in the fashion that he does in so many yeah. ways, I, I I kept comparing it to, it. This has to be what it felt like when Steph Curry came onto the scene, and this this skill set that he has, and how much that one skill set affects everything else on the field. He is going to allow who I for my money because of the health issues. I think he's the best tight end. He's going to allow Travis Kelsey to go one on one all the time with linebackers and safeties because everyone is scared to death. This is Reggie Bush at SC to me. Now, I'm trying. This is one game. But he he appears he appears to have taken this thing up several notches uh, in, in a way that I did not I did not know or notice even seeing him in camp this year. I did not know he has taken this thing to this level. Let me, let me tell you one thing here. I'm glad you brought up Kelsey because you're right. Travis Kelsey going to see single coverage, which is ridiculous, right? But he is. And I actually think Tyreek Hill's impending explosion might end up affecting Kelsey some. I think one of the reasons Kelsey liked Alex Smith so much is Alex was so pro tight end, and, like, he was always going to get a certain number of targets with Alex. Mahomes doesn't really care. 
He's looking to go downfield, and he's throwing to who's open. That might end up that might end up cutting into Travis's workload a little bit. But one thing he does have going for him is that Andy Reid is his play caller. And the moment defenses start trying to account more for Ty Hill, oh, you better believe TK is going to be the first read, and then Sammy Watkins too. And the thing you got to remember off that too is that that's why they're paying Sammy Watkins. Let me let me let me let me take you to one moment in, in yesterday's game. So Watkins finishes with three catches for 21 yards. I'm sure we'll get to this. But he's not here for right now. He's here for like week five and six and seven when teams have adjusted to Ty Hill and now the Chiefs have to find other ways to beat you. There's one play that I hope you guys go back and look at that, you know, this is what Sammy Watkins is here for. They were in the red zone. And this was awesome because I actually caught this too. Remember the slant ball looking thing? that Sammy Watkins caught. Yeah, like yeah, extended his arms or whatever. Out, yeah. yeah, it was the bang eight route that Michael Irvin ran in the Super Bowl in 92. Come on. And when, when the Chiefs signed Watkins, the first thing I said was they're signing him to be a slant ball specialist, someone who's a little bit, a little bit, just play style like a faster Michael Irvin, right? They want him to be a possession type guy. There will come a point in this season where Sammy Watkins, as long as he's healthy, is going to hurt teams. Big time. And the same goes for Travis Kelsey. Right now, teams are really going to have to scramble to figure out how to defend Tyreek Hill because there's no accounting for what this guy can do, either outside or inside. This is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, This week and next week, the Therese Paler Show comes your way at 1 o'clock during uh, Show and Vern. But moving forward, starting in week three, it'll be 6 o'clock each and every Monday night right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Today we are live from Southside Bar and Grill, 103rd and State Line. Pleased to be joined over the phone by Yahoo Sports National NFL writer, our guy, Therese Paler. Therese, let's stay with Tyreek Hill, something that you alluded to in a piece on Yahoo Sports a few weeks ago. Um, But are the Chiefs in trouble regarding a likely holdout from Tyreek Hill next preseason? Yeah, right. That's another thing I wrote about. Um, I take pride in being the one who identified this. Um, a few weeks ago, too. Uh, good question, and I'm glad people are starting to pick up on this because this is a thing, right? Odell Beckham just got paid five years, $95 million. This is basically a, a contract year for Tyreek Hill. Now, you guys are saying, ah, Therese, what are you talking about? Whatever. This is the third year. He's got another year in the contract. Okay. So did Le'Veon Bell. This is year three for a guy on his rookie deal, which means this is a contract year because if he has an amazing season, now it's holdout time. You want to get paid before you enter the last year of your rookie contract. You don't want to be forced to play for your money, to sing for your supper. The Chiefs don't have a great history of that anyway. Remember Eric Berry? Remember Justin Houston? What happened? We remember. These guys ended up having amazing seasons, and now they're getting paid a ton of money. No, you take care of people early. And there's another reason why there's a decision looming on Ty Hill. Guess who else is scheduled to be a free agent that same year after 2019? Chris Jones. And the Chiefs like Chris Jones. They want to keep him. But the reason this is a problem is you can only keep one. You can only franchise one player. If the Chiefs don't find a way to sign one of those guys before, what was that, 2020, offseason 2020, mm-hmm. well, one of them is going to be an unrestricted free agent no matter what you do. So what you do is you, you extend one of them. You extend one of them after this season. 
you can't do it before the season ends. You got to wait till after year three to extend the guys. So like this is looming in seven months, eight months. But they got to pick between Ty Hill and Chris Jones. And you know, depending on how the season pay out, play out, maybe you pay Ty early or you pay Chris early. You just kind of figure out what you're going to do. But one way or another, one of those guys is probably going to get paid this year as long as they continue to ascend. And Ty Hill is playing like he knows. And here's one more thing about that that you got to keep in mind. If Ty Hill gets agrees to an extension, um, his agent is Drew Rosenhaus, who does have a history of getting deals done. But the most important thing to remember is you're paying Sammy Watkins $16 million a year. So yes. guess how much Tyreek Hill as the number one receiver is going to want this year? He's going to get more deal. than Odell. He's going to get more than Odell. If he well, keeps playing like this. Go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. I'm just saying, if he's going to keep playing like this, he's going to get – I mean, it's just it feels like it's his turn. Like, that's what it feels like. It'll be his turn. He's got a compelling case, right? I'm not necessarily going to go there yet because I need to see it from the whole season. But here's one thing to keep in mind, right? Michael Thomas has only been to one Pro Bowl. He's the guy a lot of national types keep saying is the next one to get paid. I'm not so sure about that. Tyreek yeah. Hill's been to the Pro Bowl both his first years in the league. And he'll be looking to make bank because his deal when he first came out because of the issues he had, there were a lot of, like, bonuses and stuff in there, like, hey, man, Tyreek Hill's going to be looking to get paid. And he's not going to take one cent less than what Sammy Watkins makes. Not one cent. And you should look at a situation where they might end up having to pay both those guys a lot of money. Now, the good thing is, if you do agree to a deal with Tyreek Hill after this season and it will kick into effect in 2019, his first-year number is going to be relatively low compared to the rest of the contract. So you could conceivably hold, handle Watkins and Hill in 2019, their big salaries. Could you do that in 2020? No. Still coming up, your chance to take on Therese. We'll take your questions on the text line and on Twitter at 610 Sports Kansas City. we got to talk about this defense, look at the offensive prowess of Andy Reid. But when we come back, he is the national NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. We'll take a look around the NFL with Therese Paler on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. We are joined over the phone by Yahoo Sports National NFL writer and host of Yahoo's NFL podcast. He is the great Therese Paler. We will be bringing you the show each and every Monday. Now, today and next Monday, the show will be at 1 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. But starting in week three and then throughout the season, the show will come your way starting at 6 o'clock right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. We are live from Southside Bar and Grill, 103rd and State Line. Josh Vernier, Ron the Show, Hughley, and the star of the Therese Paler Show, Therese Paler, who, Therese, you mentioned you were um, in Chicago, had a chance to talk with uh, Mad Nagy, and man, oh man, that first half from the Bears, they looked like something special, and then... Aaron Rodgers returned and negated Khalil Mack. I'm wondering if you viewed last night's game as a reason as to why maybe the Raiders weren't that silly in their decision to not pay Khalil Mack because a guy like Aaron Rodgers uh, made him obsolete, it appeared, in the second half. One thing I'll say is that the only way to stop a guy like Aaron Rodgers is to have like a guy like Khalil Mack. So the fact that it didn't happen, LeBron, 
Bears last night doesn't really bother me that much and take me off the fact I think it was a bad trade for the Raiders. And a lot of that has to do with the compensation, right? You know what, man? I'm pretty – you know, I understand there's a lot of different ways it's going to catch, especially when it comes to, like, football philosophy, right? Like, I get that. So, like, if you told me you think your team stinks and you need to kind of rebuild and you traded Khalil Mack to do it, I mean, I wouldn't do it because he's only 27. But, you know, you could make a case that, okay, I get it, as long as the compensation's right. So if you get two first-round picks back for Khalil Mack and, like, a third, okay. All of a sudden, I kind of like the trade for Oakland. But there's some problems here. Number one, you did not see this as a team that needed to be rebuilt, obviously, because you traded a third-round pick for Martavis Bryant, who got cut two weeks ago. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big problem, right? I mean, you thought that's a trade you make. That's a gamble you make if you think that you're about to win it all. So there was a huge, huge miscalculation as far as how ready this team is to compete, obviously, right? And then secondly, the fact that they sent back a second-round pick, I mean, no. I, I just can't even begin. No. Listen, if you're, you're going to get Khalil Mack, who's 27, is probably about to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not giving you a second-round pick, too. That's not. Now, either you can give me the two first and a third, a conditional third, okay, but I'm not sending you a pick back and Khalil Mack. I'm not doing that. And they did. And that's why the trade from the Raiders' perspective just doesn't jive, man. Like, the trade, they didn't get enough, number one. And then, number two, it was a gross miscalculation because they gave up a third. If you want to rebuild, rebuild. Go young, but you can't, like, the philosophy's got to stay the same. You can't just eject within four months of the philosophy. Damn, Therese, we got 20 minutes before we did disagree. I know you got the belt. <laughs> I know you got the belt, so I'm going to back up because I know you got the belt. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Like, I, I'm with you with the two. I'm just saying, I think it was going to take $90 million to get it done, and I think you've already paid your quarterback like the Raiders have. I get what they did, and last night game it does it for me. Is listen, we've seen so many defensive players make big money, and once they've gotten paid, I just don't feel like they've added to that team as much. JJ Watt, they were the number one defense when he got hurt. Josh Norman, eh, how how great have the Washington R's been? And, and Von Miller since he got his money, and I know there's some other actors with the court, but I'm just saying, if you've already paid Derek Carr. I get it. And last night, 12 came in. I mean, before the game, before when Deshaun Kaiser was in, you saw it. You were there. I mean, this was this is the best thing. This is the best performance. We haven't seen a performance like this since 1982. 12 comes back in the game, can't walk, one leg. He's meaningless because of the pace and how he was. So I just, uh, I don't think it's craziness what the Raiders did. I mean, but so you're going to give up a second-round pick and the player? I mean, uh, now, listen, that, that, I get you. I get where you come from on that. I got you on that. It's not crazy. I actually agree. How about this show? I get it. How about that? I get it. But there's a problem with the execution, and that makes you hate it because you can't just eject from the philosophy within four months, right? And then you can't, like, package a second-round pick with it either. Like, no Chicago. You want to get a motivated elite edge rusher in a game where there's, like, three of them? No, you're giving me two first-round picks and the third. Otherwise, we're keeping the guy, and then we'll just franchise him again. Like, I just – 
there was a, there was a real issue with the execution. I mean, like I said, like it's not total craziness when you trade the guy. I mean, it's not like out of the realm of out of the realm of like um, you know uh, quality thinking, right? Like, hey, you know, I get it. You're paying Carr a lot of money, but I'll also tell you this: you know, Mac is one of the guys you pay. Like, this is a guy who's a team captain, multiple years, never had one whiff of trouble off the field, at least as far as we know. An elite player, his effort's always there. Effort's never been a problem. You know, for a guy like that who loves football, you can stand a reason his his performance is going to be, you know, pretty close to what it has been. I think this is a guy you pay. So we can have a good football, you know, disagreement about that, about the football savviness of it. But what you can't really, what you can't really argue is that the Raiders' execution of it was lacking. Chiefs won't have to see the Raiders until, what, week 13? They got to see the Steelers coming up on Sunday. Therese, are they going to see Le'Veon Bell out there? You know what? I don't know. Nobody knows. You know, the Le'Veon situation has been very, like, it's been pretty kept to the vest. You know, Adisa Bakari, Le'Veon's agent, has, has done a lot of the talking himself, and you don't hear a lot um, coming out about what he intends to do. Even his offensive linemen didn't know. Even they didn't know, it turns out. So, you know, I, I think I'll tell you this, and I wrote a column about this, you know, um, the better James Conner plays, the worse this is for Le'Veon Bell for multiple reasons. Um, mainly because if the Steelers can get by with Conner, and Conner was not the reason they tied the Browns. You know, he had the one fumble last night, but James Conner's good. He was an all-juice guy. But James Conner's good. Um, if Conner continues to play well, when Le'Veon comes back, He's not going to get 95% of the carries anymore. Like Le'Veon Bell had 321 carries last year, right? That's how many carries the number two guy had last year for Steelers. 32, and that was Connor. Three, a 10-to-1 ratio. You guys think after the way James Connor played yesterday and the way those offensive linemen are blocking for him, that, that's going to stay the case? No freaking way. Not after the way James Connor's worked on his body, not after the way he's bonded with the linemen, and not after the way he played. So unless he starts fumbling more, and that becomes like a problem. Like if James Conner continues this way, I mean, it could be like a 70-30, 60-40 type thing because Le'Veon Bell hasn't been there. and He's still an elite player. He's still great. But the way that affects Le'Veon is you still have to show teams that if you want to break the bank, like you better have a season like that coming into free agency. You better have a break-the-bank season. And the longer he holds out and the better Conner plays, you know, the lower his chances are of getting the carries he needs to have that kind of season. Therese, one more on the national scene. Alex Smith's Washington debut, 21 of 30, 255 yards and a pair of touchdown passes. I know you've had plenty of conversations with Alex since he moved to the nation's capital. What's your takeaway from Alex's week one? Chiefs fans will know. I mean, Chiefs fans saw Alex's week one at least you know, maybe 45 times over those three years. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm serious. Like, and it's, it's good. I know like, you that's are. a good thing. That's not a, that's not a knock, but that's what that is. Like, what is, what is it like? You know, he completed 65% of his passes. 246, two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. That's classic. But let me tell you something, fellas. That's what Washington needs. That's all they need. You know, I don't know how good Dallas is going to be. You know Philly would take a little step back because they won the Super Bowl, and teams never are as good after, uh, unless they're New England. Always kind of take a step back after going to the Super Bowl. You know, I, I just, 
I think that and then the Giants will be a little better, but it's going to be a slobber knocker of a division. That's what they need. They need steady Alex, man. And I thought that he was decisive. He ran the offense. He did everything they asked him to do, and that's great. Good for Washington, good for Alex. He's in a great spot for him. They love him there. I spent some time there at camp in August. And, man, let me just tell you, they like that guy more than the last guy. They do. And, um, you know, he's going to be good for them. He's going to have a nice season for them as long as he stays healthy. Um, Andy Reid and the Chiefs did right by Alex Smith because they didn't just send him off to some bad team. They sent him to a place where he could do well with an offensive-minded coach in a, in a city and a team a team structure that can really use a guy with his, humil- with his humility. I'm happy for Alex. Coming up at 145, your opportunity to take on Therese. Send in your questions right now. Text line 69306. Again, the Pepper Jacks Grill, famous Philly text line 69306. Hey, they're, but Therese, already, they're already coming at him about his Michael Thomas assessment. We'll have to get to that later. When we get back, though, we got to do it. We got to talk about this defense. We got to talk about this secondary. That's coming up right after this. Oh, God. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Back at it, live. Southside Bar and Grill, 103rd and State Line. It is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Quick heads up, Rams Raiders tonight, 1660 the score. Brent Musburger tonight, baby. That's right. That's right. Hey, don't forget to check out the Yahoo NFL podcast hosted by the one and only Therese Paler, who this week is joining us on the phone. Next week, the show will also be 1 o'clock. But week three on, 6 o'clock right here on your football station. It'll be the Therese Paler Show every Monday night at 6. The Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Therese, let's look towards the defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs. How much time should we spend, uh, not only on the show, but in Chiefs circles? How much time should we spend talking about this defense? I mean, are there improvements even possible, or are they who they are? Not with Skandrick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> show chiming in, good. Um, I thought, yeah, show, yeah, Skandrick's the cover two corner that probably shouldn't be in man coverage, but um, at least except in certain situations. But, yeah, look, it's not going to be pretty this season on defense, okay? Like, I, I, I looked at the defense closely. There were some positives. Anthony Hitchens looks, looks outstanding. You know you got beat for a touchdown, 15 tackles. That guy's going to be all over the place. And D Ford. Come on now. Much, uh, much criticized D Ford. Was getting off the ball, looked good. He's got to keep it up. got to stay healthy. But what is it for D Ford? contract year is undefeated baby so he actually might do it um aside from that man i I feel like the defense is going to be a problem spot all year philip rivers said after the game they should have thrown for 600 yards like he's right like they should have like tyrell williams didn't haul in a long bomb travis benjamin didn't haul in a long bomb philip rivers still threw for like 424 yards it's going to be bombs away all season long and the good news for Chiefs fans is that if you listen to me and you trust me, like I prepared you for this months ago when I told you, hey, listen, you know, fixing this defense is not is going to take longer than a year. It's going to take two because they, they addressed it in a way by drafting all these guys, all these rookies. They use their entire draft on defensive players, but defensive like rookies typically stink. So these guys would be okay to helpful next year in general, right? I just – 
you know, they trade Peters away. Kendall Phil is a good player, but he ain't Marcus out there, even though he's a good player. Um, you know, this was going to always take two seasons, even if Peters was here, right? And I know that's not a popular sentiment because they'd certainly be better with Marcus Peters. Uh, you know me, okay? I've written so much about that dude. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. But the truth is the defense struggled last year with him. Um, and the defense would have struggled this year with them too. Um, although I would not argue that they're a better defense without him, obviously. They look better than with Atlanta out quick. there. I think, I think the defense got old quickly, and I think that you know the scheme's got to be better. And I think you know that, that better starts happening real quick if the Chiefs want to win this division. Despite so you brought the, up the Chargers, you brought up D four Therese, and I'm gonna tell you this: I was saying this last year. I felt like. The reason why it seemed like the Chiefs struggled at pass rush, you might it might be hard to face, but maybe their best pass rusher was hurt. It wasn't on the field. Yesterday, it looked like that. 55 was consistent. Now, he may run away from people if they're running at him, and he cannot, you know, he's, he's not the greatest in terms of run fits. But, hell, when you put your hand down and it's time to go, he was helping Orlando Scantrick, who is a train wreck. He was helping the secondary. At times, or there would have thrown for 700 yards. So I was impressed, contract or whatever. He seems, I don't know what's going on with 50, but 55 to me is clearly the best pass rusher on this team. One of the reasons I like you, Ron, is that you're not afraid to, to say something that you think is unpopular um, if you believe it. Like, you believe it, and I respect that, right? Because I try to do the same. I, You know, I think, I think D Ford gets a bit of a bad rap in this town, and it's easy to do that because he's been hurt a lot. And he hasn't, like, delivered, like, the monster season. Despite the 10-sack season he had, he was hurt half that year. But as a pass rusher, he's in his physical prime right now. He has the best get-off on the team. He's somebody that they need to stay. He, they need him to play 14, 15, 16 games because he has a better get-off than Justin Houston. Um, am I ready to crown him a better pass rusher than Houston? If they, play, if they both play 16 games, like, Houston's a better player, even now. Like, even though he's not, like, 2014 Justin Houston, he's still the better player um, overall, all around, because he can still rush the power, rush the passer. He just has to do it now with power moves as opposed to finesse moves. But I will tell you this, one thing that D4 did do really, really nicely, and this is something he's taking a lot of criticism for, was he bent the corner when rushing the passer yes. yesterday. And if he can do that, it's going to be a big season for that guy. It's one thing to get off the ball fast. It's another thing to be able to sink your hips and narrow that angle, that angle, and like reduce the amount of time and space it takes to get to the quarterback, which he did. And if he does that, hey man, this could be a he could we could be looking at a big season from D Ford. Therese, no one likes to uh, say Eric Berry can't do something, um, but man. Can we expect anything from him this season? What can you tell us about Eric Berry and when we're going to see him again? I'll never doubt Eric Berry ever after beating cancer. He's been back. Looks like he's going through the Derrick Johnson situation where you got, where we, you know, snap both of his Achilles. Like, you just never like when you hear sore heel in the Chiefs. That means it's been bothering a guy. And the last time that happened with Derrick Johnson, he, he snapped both of them. So, you know, I hope that doesn't happen to Eric. I hope this is something that can be helped with rest. Because, honestly, man, he takes them from, like, a bad defense to, like, a pretty decent, to, like, a decent one. With his playmaking ability and leadership and, like, on-field, um, uh, kind of, like, on-field gusto. He's, like, 
he's a leader of men like in FIFA 18, like if you get like a leader of men um, player and you make him the captain, like the overalls of the other guys go up by one. Like that, that's the case with Eric Berry. Like he's just a leader of men, and when he's on the field, like other guys tend to play a little bit better. Um, you know, I heard more positive things about how he felt earlier in camp than I have lately, but I, I certainly hope for Chiefs fans, for Eric, that he's going to get back to like 100%. And even if he doesn't play as much this year as you hope, one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, Derek Johnson snapped both of his Achilles. He's a captain for the Raiders now. So, so like, Eric <laughs> Berry will be back at some point. I'm serious. I'm, Eric Berry will be back at some point. They can't cut him. He'll be back next year. And you know what, Eric Berry? He might make the Pro Bowl next year. We don't know. But I, 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 I certainly wish the best for that guy because, you know, he, when he's healthy, he changes the dynamic of the whole team. I, I think you, you should help and explain to people. Check that. You should help and explain to me. Uh, like, I, I understand Eric is really, really good. I argued last Friday that he is a potential Hall of Famer, and I kind of looked at his numbers again, and I kind of stepped back. But, <laughs> I, I like, I, I, think, I think he's really, really, really good. And Now, I don't think he is going to be the guy who I thought could have been the defensive player of the year two years ago when he just took over games. I don't think – I think with his injury, I think he will take a step back and he's getting towards 30. But explain to me because – I listen, Orlando Scandrick's awful and Steve Nelson is short and uh, and just the secondary is a problem. I like Steve Nelson. Uh, okay. Well, well, we disagree on that. And you know more <laughs> I like football Steve. than I do, but Steve Nelson's going to – people are going to take advantage I, of Notice I haven't said anything about the Scandrick thing. Like, I – well, like, I know you have, you know, <laughs> you know Scrappy Scandrick is out of, out of this world. I'm just saying, explain to people what like me how <laughs> Scrappy, that's where they got him. They got him off the Scrappy. Oh, oh, yeah, the part that ticks me off about him is when he lines up to Rez, he looks like Marcus Peters. In his jersey, his, his, everything oh is framed. He looks, and then when he snap, when the ball God. is snapped, then it's Cam Irving playing. But Ron, my thing is this, explain to people. Like, <laughs> Explain to people what Eric Berry and how he can help the corners. Because the way that Orlando got beat so fast by Keenan Allen, I don't care if Ronnie Lott, Troy Palomalu, Ed Reed, Jesus himself was back there. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be able Ron, to help that fast. I swear, I was just thinking, like, yo, Kendra needs to change his number, man. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't come in. Like, you can't come in, like, after Marcus Peters and, like, wear 22. And, like, not be Marcus Peters. Like, they needed to take a year off from wearing 22, like, straight up. Um, here's the deal, right? Like, Barry does things that safety generally can't do, right? So, like, you know how we always talk about, like, box numbers? Like, all right, the, the Cowboys, okay, the Chiefs have seven in the box. The Cowboys have six to block for Ezekiel Elliott, right? Well, when you have Eric Barry, it allows you to have more even count boxes. So to stop the run, you don't have to go. You don't have to put seven in the box to outnumber the Cowboys six. You can put six, and you can have Barry as the seventh kind of lingering around the edge of the box. And what that does is they help you with your numbers on the outside and help you put more people in coverage. But if you choose to run on that, when Barry is the guy kind of sniffing around the box as the sixth, seventh guy, right, he's so good at, like, eating up space quickly and diagnosing run plays that it's basically like having seven even though he changes, like, the spacing on the field. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. when you have Barry out there, it, it, it allows you to 
protect more against the pass while not really losing anything against the run because he diagnoses so quickly and he shoots downfield so fast and he is such a reliable tackler. He, he, he gives you kind of flexibility. Other safeties just don't. So I hope that kind of helps. It, it's, up to the, it helps the it's up to the defensive coordinator to call plays that helps those corners more. But by kind of giving you that extra guy in coverage, it by nature protects him. And I will say this about Stanford, right? Like, oh they shouldn't be asking him to do things that he's not, like, best equipped to do. Like, he's still a better athlete than any of us out here listening. But, like, in Dallas, that was a cover two team. Like, yeah, they did some cover two man, but he almost always had help over the, over the top. Like, you can't, like, you're putting him on an island and, and one high in cover one and cover three. I, I mean, you know, come on. He's the cover two corner. Let him play zone. That's what he does best. He'd probably be best yeah. sniffing underneath. As a, as a nickel corner playing zone. We're live from Southside Bar and Grill, 103rd and State Line. Now is your chance to take Sutton. on Therese. Pepper Jack's Grill, famous Philly text line, 69306. You can shoot us your questions for Yahoo Sports National NFL writer and the host of Yahoo NFL podcast, Therese Paler. Also, you can hit us on Twitter at 610 Sports KC. We get to that right after this. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it, it puts the Chargers on notice and the other teams in Division Two that, hey, you know, we're still here. But I think over the long term, um, you know, I think this defense could be a liability. And I also think last yesterday's game was just a little swayed without Bosa being there, right? Like, let's not forget that he didn't play. And the thing that I liked the most about the Chargers was they had the best pass rush in the division with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. When you take Bosa out the mix, that changes things a great deal. So, um, look, the Chargers showed they're going to put up points this year, and they are. And I think I think at the end of the day, their defense is going to be better than yours too. Um, do I think this means the Chiefs are going to have a bad season? No, I, I think Chiefs to go eight and eight. Maybe they go nine and seven, ten and seven. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a great coach. Um, especially during the regular season. And they were never going to take, like, a huge step back. But there will come a time this season, in all likelihood, unless Patrick Mahomes is not human, where defensive coordinators now see what he can do and what he can't do well because they'll have at least four games to tape on him. And there's going to be an adjustment period for that. There could be, like, a three- or four-game stretch that's fairly ugly for as great as that guy is, right? Like, you have to account for these kind of things because these guys in this league are good. These coordinators are good. So it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows every week. Um, every once in a while you get that, though, like it was for the Rams in 99. But you can't, like, you can't bank on that, especially for a young guy. So um, I think the Chiefs are going to be right on track to do what I predict them to do at the outset of the season, which is go 8-8. Eight and eight. But maybe they do better than that. You never know in football. That's what we all love about it, right? Pepper Jack Grill, famous Philly text line, 69306, your chance to take on. Therese first, 816 for Michael Thomas, they didn't like your thoughts. 16 catches, and okay. you're not sure if this man is next level? I can't believe I heard that out of my own ears. Go ahead and explain yourself, Therese. I don't think people, like, heard me correctly then. Like, Michael Thomas is amazing. What I said was people were always talking about Michael Thomas being the next one to get paid. What I, what I said was I'm not so sure he's going to be necessarily be the next one because Tyreek Hill has to get paid too, right? Because, look, Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas were drafted the same year. Both those guys 
weren't first-round picks, which means this is contract years for both of them. They're both going to get paid. Michael Thomas is a stud, man. You know, 6'3", 212, he's awesome. You know, and Drew Brees is going to have a monster year, especially since teams can't really play defense anymore. At least I predict that. Um, look, man, I think Michael Thomas is awesome. But my comment was more about, hey, I think Tyree Hill is underrated than taking a shot at Michael Thomas. No one's taking shots at that guy. He's awesome. From Twitter at 610 Sports, KC Therese, was Justin Houston just taking on more double teams, or is he a step slow still? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, from what I saw, one that much double teaming. It was, you know, he's got to win with power now, right? And he doesn't, he's not accelerating the same way he did in 2014. He's had knee issues. They are what they are. I mean, it, you know, there's no way around it. That doesn't mean he's not a really good player, though. He's still like a really good, you know, defensive end. Whereas he was, he should have been like a 98 or 97 in Madden in 2014. You know, he's like an 89 or 90 now. And like as the season goes on, he gets more experience points, right? You get to build up those power rushing moves, and maybe he gets back to like a 92 by the end of the year or 93. He's still a really good player. He's still the best and most consistent you've got. You know, I'm not really going to be here for Justin Houston slander. You know, that guy is still a really, really good player and really important to this team. Because if you want to talk about ugly, we can talk about ugly, which is what this defense is going to be if they lose him. Because no one on this team says he is like Justin Houston. And let me tell you something else. You drafted Breland Speaks, and there's a lot of talk about Speaks and speed off the edge or whatever. Uh, Guess what he can do? He can set the edge. So if Justin Houston got hurt, all of a sudden, you got Breland Speaks who can kind of set that edge, and it's kind of a protection against that. Tano Passino is obviously another player that's pretty good, but the point is like they took him because he's somebody that can do that. So at the end of the day, he can't do it like Justin Houston. So like, let's just give him some time because he's still a really good player. He still led the team in sacks last year. Um, Therese Paler here with us. Uh, he's about 86 on Madden. What did you think about Ron Parker's yeah. performance, Therese? What did you think about? What did you think man. about? So I, I, did, I just had to slip that in. Uh, from the eight one six, what did you think about oh, Ron Parker's say, performance? Hold on, hold on, so hold on, so are you saying that's his rating, or are you saying you think he should be eighty six? I think he's about eighty six. You had him at eighty nine, ninety. I got it. I got him down about eighty six, maybe eighty seven. By your opinion, or in the game, actually? In the game, if if he's if you think okay. he's at eighty nine, I got him at an eighty seven. All right, he's a hell of a run okay. stop. He may be the best run stopping defensive end. Now, you know, yeah, I don't I know would, how much you give that. I, I think you shortchanged him a little bit, but we'll see. What else you got? Uh, no, uh, what did you think about Ron Parker's performance from the 816? Oh, I thought it was, I thought that's what you signed him for, man. I, and look, Ron Parker is a guy who wants to play a few more years. That You can take that to the bank. He doesn't want to be done. He wants to play 10 years. That would mean a lot to him. And, you know, maybe he could do it. I, yeah, I, I was wondering. I thought it was interesting the Falcons released him because I know he can help that team. You know, like, if you want to knock Ron Parker, you'll knock him because, like, as a tackler, he's not that consistent. Hell, Ron will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you no that. But, yeah, you know, as a, as, a, as a cover guy, as somebody who's emerged as, like, a veteran leader in that secondary, as somebody who knows the defense and can still has range, he's still, like, a good football player. And they need that. You know, I mean, imagine where the secondary would be without Barry Sorensen right now, or without Ron Parker. Like, hey, man, like, for what you got, he's a veteran leader who could do some things well, and that defense is better for him. That play he made on the interception, 
looked pretty good. They're going to need more of that. You know, good, very savvy move by the team to bring him back. Good decision by Ron Parker not to hold that against him and to come back to a place where he could have a nice season and maybe earn one more contract, you know, two years, seven million, something, if he has a nice year. So good, good job on all sides, you know, finding a football fit for both that works. Senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, host of Yahoo NFL podcast. He is Therese Paler. Therese, final 30 seconds of the show. Let people know what to look for this week with your work. All right, so got a lot of things coming. I am right now in the city of Oakland. I am in Oakland, show because I'm seeing Raiders Rams. You know what that means. Marcus Peters is going gonna, is gonna to be lit tonight. I, the, 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 there is no limit on what this guy might do tonight, celebrating-wise. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have a story on Marcus Peters coming. Got my Friday column. I'm tossing around Colin Kaepernick ideas. Um, one other thing I'm really excited about I want people to check out, on Wednesday, I'm going to drop, maybe to drop Thursday, but every week during the NFL season, I'm going to drop a story about um, my 10 favorite things I saw. A little Zach Lowish, you know. Um, so I'm going to point out, like, deep football things that I enjoyed across the league. So I hope people check that out and click on those videos. I hope people keep clicking on my stories now that I'm with Yahoo. I'm the corporate champ at a corporation. So let them know that you appreciate the things I do by clicking on my stories. I really appreciate it. You just did. Hey, Thank you very much. Join 610 Sports Radio and Bud Light for lunch next Monday, 